AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more. And plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know, it's entire countries that barely started testing for COVID. Some of them still ain't even got vaccines. Whole countries. You know, when something kind of feels on purpose, but whenever you try to open your mouth to articulate it, you feel like you kind of sound like you're just totally in the conspiracy theory world. I was out with my homeboy, Thizzle, out in the Lou, St. Louis. Thizzle's like the Call him like the Nipsey Hustle of St. Louis. Like he wanted to show me something, and we drove down this street called Lindell, and the wealth gap was startling. It was like Beverly Hills mansions. I mean, these are like multi-million-dollar homes on one side of the street, and literally across the street, county housing, Section Eight, hood. And it was so jolting because it was like, it's literally across the street. I mean, you saw in real life redlining. I just can't shake that image, but it feels on purpose, but you really don't want to say nothing because either the data is so freakishly overwhelming. You're like, I don't even know where to start (laughs) to try to like make it make sense. You'd have to back up so many steps where it's like this is a lifetime of experiences and knowledge and information that like I don't even know where to jump in the waters or the other way around to where you're like, I just just feels like it, but I can't really tell you what it is. Yeah, right there. That's today, except I did do some homework for you. I did gather some receipts. Now, granted, this is only a 30 minute show. And people have given their entire lives to understanding what I'm trying to explain to you. So take that for what it's worth. But when you look around hoods, you know, for colloquial and just how consistently with very few variations, it just kind of seems like 
there's a lot of the same problems, a lot of the same people in situations. And whether you're talking Louisiana, LA, hell, you might even be talking, you know, the sticks of Oklahoma. You're just like, how are we all drawing the similar conclusions about why we're here, how we got here, and ways to get out? At the same time, man, you looking, I know out here between the Black and Latino neighborhoods, you just like, Doc, this can't be a coincidence. Something about this feel purposeful. But if you suggest that, oh, you're just complaining, you're, you're being a victim, it feels the same globally. I want to talk about the global South. Hood politics, y'all. I is so hood right now. Hood politics, y'all. So hood. So Trump talked about shithole countries. You know, Latin American, Central American immigration destabled governments, coups, cartels. Nigga, why? It's the global hood. People always asking, like, why? When y'all just gonna get your stuff together? I mean, it's the same thing they say about our hoods. I want to unpack that today. Let me say some stuff out the jump, man. First of all, this isn't a hit piece about capitalism, although capitalism needs to really be critiqued because it's mostly responsible for this. Imperialism, capitalism, colonialism, it's kind of it's kind of why we are where we are. It's also not some like Marxist stand or this like determinism that is saying that it will always be this way because social status are Static. Matter of fact, there's a big difference between a class system and a caste system. When we're talking about class, that has to do with socioeconomics and the different systems you use to form those classes. They are up for critique. And like I've said before, capitalism is amoral. It's not concerned with morals at all. It's concerned with markets, product, supply chains, its numbers. Now, of course, there are many people that are much smarter than me that disagree with that take. But the angle I'm coming from is how you do capitalism, what you value, how it's done is where I get to say you're a monster or not. But uniquely in America, well, not uniquely in America, but in just most like G7 capitalistic countries, like the idea that which is what we're really going to handle heavily in this show the idea that the american dream the meritocracy myth that if you just work hard you succeed and if you're not succeeding it's because you're not working hard enough or you just gave up early which is oftentimes the lens that most objectors to some of the issues i'm going to bring up would say it's like well everybody got you just gotta work hard everybody had it hard just just keep at it you know it's the dream just do the work you complaining about well i'm gonna try to make a case that even doing the work is still couched in a 
system of laws and government that verifiably prefers certain people over others. And this is how you get a hood. Now, many people have studied specifically in America what makes a hood a hood, how we got here and why it just don't seem like collectively things can change. You may see individual changes. Some individual families, individual people make find their way out. But why as a collective do we still have this wealth gap that tend to fall on racial and ethnic lines? And remember I said in the You Wasn't Outside episode, and a lot of times people have suggestions, but their suggestions suggest that they're really not a part of the culture. They're assuming certain things about how our system works. You're assuming certain things about capitalism as a concept. But some experts would argue that capitalism in its inception and its design is built upon a working class, which now we're getting into Marxist ideas where it's like the wealth doesn't work. It, you, you can't attain it unless you have a working force that you don't have to pay a lot. Therefore, the wealthy are incentivized to make sure that there is no upward mobility of the working masses. Now, again, getting into Marxist views, that is in some places very legitimate, you know, but I'm not the type of person, like I'm a smorgasbord of theories. Like I'm a, I'm a eat from every table, you know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna spit out the bones. That's what they say in church. Chew the meat, spit out the bones. You know what I'm saying? When somebody say something that part of that might be like, yo, that's money, that's spot on. The rest of that is like, oh nigga, you bugging. That's bullshit. You spit out the bullshit. Anyway, some would argue again that you need a poor because we don't have poor, then you have no workers and the whole capitalism falls. That's one view. Easy way to think about this is like, yo, how did America become a superpower so fast, faster than any other country? Well, nigga, we didn't pay the workers for a whole 150 years. And we didn't toil the land. Nigga, we stole it. So, I mean, it's kind of a head start. You, Of course, capitalism gonna work like this. If you don't pay the workers, then nigga, it's 100% profit. Right? But it's also this idea that specifically how things fall among racial lines, it's this idea that there is something inherently inferior about black and brown people. Why can't y'all get y'all shit together? Which we could say goes all the way back to doctrine of discovery, you know, and this idea of waging war, bringing the savage masses under the control of the crown and the cross is somehow noble. So if you, since they're somewhat less than human, not exactly image bearers. Waging war against us is not a crime. It's not murder because they're not necessarily image bearers. You're actually doing them a favor. So it's this this horrible route. If you believe this, when you look across the table or across the park at a group of just kids, loud black kids, you know, and you make your assumptions about what their future is, what they desire it's it might be coming from a lens a determinism lens that believes that there's just something inherently wrong with it therefore <laughs> you probably gonna have super racist views about it. thus the problem of the hood is the same problem of the nations for which we all come from something just wrong with us 
And one of those racist views that come out is like this like white man's burden that like it's your job to elevate as the civilized communities to elevate the uncivilized by giving them the joys of labor of an honest day's pay. And if they just don't take to it, it's like, we'll kick rocks. We gave y'all a chance. These are remarkably bad takes. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Or you have the more obvious take, which is send them back to Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like the the full Nazi joint. You know what I'm saying? You could go whole you could go whole white supremacist Nazi and just be like, well, they're monkeys, they're savages, they're beasts of prey. They'll never get better. They should we shouldn't even live among them. You could do that. That's obvious racism. But anyway, let's do some history here about how we even got to what some of us have identified as the hood. And then we're going to go from there and talk about what we mean by the global South and how the COVID response actually really exacerbates this issue that we're dealing with. Y'all ready? Let's ride. Okay, so here we go. We got to go way far back. And I'm talking like the end of slavery back during Reconstruction era. Some of y'all may have heard of the phrase called sharecropping, which was essentially like this idea. I don't know if y'all know this. This is a side note that after the slaves were freed, there was reparations paid. It was just paid to the owners, to the slave owners for their loss of revenue. Can you believe that? They got reparations. 
The owners got reparations. Anyway, what they had to do was for for sharecropping was like break up these big old land plots and now newly freed slaves who really didn't have nowhere to go. And it's not like the ending of slavery and racism, duh. But the owners would, of these big old plots of land would break these plots of land into like subdivisions because it's not like they can afford to have these big old plots because now you ain't got nobody to work them, right? So, but it's not like they was gonna give up ownership of the land. You crazy? We'll let you work the land. But it's not like slaves had any capital. So for the seed, for the tools, you could work there, you could work this land and whatever you grow there, but you got to pay the owner. Again, you don't own the land and you got to pay the owner of the land for all the tools, all the stuff that you need to be able to have a functioning farm. The thing is, you never really get out of debt. You never actually turn a profit because A, you have to eat the food you raised and then whatever is left, you have to pay for seed. You got to go back to Massa to pay the seeds who ain't Massa no more. He's just now becomes, you are a member of the system of capitalism where you're not the widget anymore. Now you're just a member of it. And this is how it works. So they just kept, kept black people in debt to this day. Some black folks was like, I'm not doing this. And then there was what's called the great migration. This is where we in droves left the South, filling up Chicago, Detroit, you know, D.C. and just all over the rest of America. We was like, look, man, ain't no point in staying here. A lot of black people, I don't know if y'all know this, were cowboys. Actually, 94% of the American frontier cowboys, the cowboy that y'all all picture in movies, 94% of them was black because it was a free man's job and you ain't had no owners. You was out all day just driving cattle from Texas up to Colorado to train station up there. It was great. For a freed slave? Are you kidding me? This is the best. Also, here go another freebie. One of my favorite moments in history was this time because right after this happened, get this, we started electing black officials all over municipalities and cities all over the South because there's so many of us, we started electing our own. Nigga, we was winning. And then guess what happened? Thing called the black codes, the voter rights, the poll taxes, voter ID, the voter registrations, all these things started to happen. That's why now when we talking about voter rights, it's reminiscent of this because we was winning elections. These white people was like, nah, we can't have that. And that was the birth of Jim Crow. Woo, I'm giving y'all game. Look, 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 what I'm saying is on paper, if you work the system, the system works. We elected the people that was like, Investing in our community because it was more of us. We voted. And what did they do? Tried to stop us. And it worked. So the next time you start thinking about all this stuff about like hindering voting, nigga, because it works. Now, back to the Great Migration. We all ran into, well, not ran, but we all moved up into different areas. The Great Migration up north. And, and some of us went west. The problem was those were all filled with white people already. And those white people already had stratified classes. There was wealthy, there was working, and there was poor white people. Now, we talked about this before, about like the union busters and the Pinkertons and Carnegie and the, and the steel workers unions when um, these poor white people stood up for their for they rights. And the owners of these companies, these steel companies, just decided to hire freed slaves to come work for them. Just this... This reignited a huge class war. 
kind of turn to pour against each other. Because at least if you pour in white, you ain't a nigga though. It's, it's kind of like the 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 low key what we kind of saying right here, you know. Shades rebellion, divide and conquer. You feel me? So so that's kind of happening right now. Then eventually, these white people was like, we don't want to live around niggers. You heard me right. And then there was a thing called white flight. This is the birth of the suburbs. These beautiful communities, the leave it to beavers, perfectly manicured lawns, and these planned communities. And these planned communities had laws. And these planned communities that had laws and neighborhood associations, one of those laws is called redlining. And the name of it is pretty literal. You would take a map, put it on the wall at the city. You would draw a line around certain neighborhoods and say just essentially zoning laws do not permit unsightly things that bring down property value, i.e. a power plant, a black family, a Jewish family, a landfill, a Latin family. How could they do that? Well, because they was the law. Now, guys, we're talking 50s and 60s. This is not that long ago. There were things built into neighborhood associations that said when you move into this, it was in Los Angeles, when you move into this neighborhood, the only condition about whether when you sell this house is that you can't sell to a black or Jewish family. There was law. Like you, you're not allowed. There were banks that decided purposefully they would not give bank loans to black families, to brown families. So they locked us out of the suburbs on purpose. And even if, just think about this from a practical standpoint. Let's just say you stayed in the city and you you was you was working on the on the on the Detroit steel mill factory. You know what I'm saying? You've been there forever. This black dude been there forever. Let's just say he's better qualified than every white boy up in that mug. Do you think you'll get promoted to manager? Well, of course not. Well, why not? Well, practically speaking, because these white boys won't listen to you. It's not going. They're not going to listen to you. So what's left is when all of industry. When all the jobs, when all the upward mobility for housing is taken and placed in a certain place, all that's left is what becomes our inner cities. And we all know what idle hands do. We all know what lack of opportunity do. And then what happens is you start criminalizing being poor. Well, what do I mean by that? I'm glad you asked what it means to criminalize being poor, because most crimes in the inner city are crimes of survival. Now, I know we got murder rates. I know there's gang like obviously the things called hood politics. I'm not look every nigga in jail ain't Nelson Mandela. Some you know what I'm saying that's not what I'm saying. Is the hood absolutely filled with infightings, corruption, uh, 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 extortion, horrible problems that we inflict on each other? Absolutely. It's not at all what I'm saying. Are there people who have absolutely done all kinds of interventions to try to f- stop that? things the 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 you know anti anti gang marches and and after school programs again i'm a product of some of them interventions i'm a product of hood gang interventions from other gang members who <laughs> cared about me and said there's a better way to live i'm not saying we ain't got problems but what i'm saying is you have to understand really how sinister purposeful or built, baked into the laws are these things that keep poor communities poor. You know that schools are funded by property tax, which comes from property values. 
So when the property value drops, then the taxes for the schools drop, which means you have underfunded schools. We'll just send your kids to private school. To where? To a city we've been redlined out of? You build generational wealth. Well, how can you build generational wealth if we wasn't allowed into the wealth system until maybe 60 years ago? Have you heard of the Homestead Act? You know what I'm talking about when I say the Homestead Act? Well, Homestead Act was kind of like this. After the Civil War, you know, we had this great frontier that was empty and broke. We had no money. But we had all this farmable land and everybody stuck in densely populated cities. So the government had this idea of saying, well, why don't we why don't we add these housing subsidies for families who would be willing to move? Now, when I say families, you know what I mean, right? We talking white people. But they looking for families that are willing to move out into the Great Plains and start a farm. Now, if you don't know how to farm, it's all good. The government will train you. They'll pay for you to get training. You ain't got any equipment. It's all good. Government will give you the equipment. These are government handouts, y'all, that sound like bootstrapping to you. <laughs> well, no. So this is the 1800. So if you got one of them handouts 100 years later, these are the same people. These descendants are the same people that looking at people in the hood like, why you need government handouts? Why are you always asking the government to help you? I'm like, well, the government helped y'all just 100 years ago. This is how capitalism works. You got you to gotta prime the pump. You know what I'm saying? As, uh, as FDR would say. Sorry, I invoked FDR. Anyway, so the formation kind of happens like this. Now, what else is something that's very normal in the city is over-policing. Now, I'm going to pull some data here from the humanrightswatch.org. Uh, over-policing, check this out. Let me quote this for you. What we found in the data is that black people are subjected to physical force, including stun guns, police dog bites, pepper spray, punches, and kicks at the rate of 2.7 times the time of white people. Some neighborhoods with larger populations of black people and poor people experience police stops more than 10 times the rate of predominantly white or wealthier neighborhoods. What we're trying to say is it feels more like an overseer because, because prisons are privatized, because war on drugs. We talked about that before. The 18 to 1 law used to be a 100 to 1 law. What's the 18 to 1 law? What it says is one ounce of crack gives you the same amount of jail time as 18 ounces of cocaine. And they the same thing. It's just one is cut with baking soda. One exists in the hood. The other exists in wealthy places. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower 
Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There's also a lot of money being made. This is what I mean by criminalizing being poor. There's a lot of money to be made. Now, I'm going to drop into Tulsa right now. Really, you could drop into any hood USA, but we're going to drop into Tulsa. Again, I'm looking at uh, the Human Rights Watch. Check this out. How does the issue of fines and fees play a role in this system? Follow me now. One of the really horrible things I discovered is that Tulsa, the county it's in, and the state of Oklahoma raise money to pay their court system and their government agencies largely through fines and court costs that are imposed on those arrested and those who have to go to court. And it's a huge amount of money. It's an abusive practice that is very common throughout the U.S. Most arrests and citations in Tulsa are relatively minor crimes. If you get ticketed for speeding or running a stop sign, you get these fees and fines. Poor people who are cited and arrested the most often can't afford to pay. So the court will issue an arrest warrant. Almost 40% of arrests made by the Tulsa department are just warrant arrests and a large percentage of those are for failure to pay court debt. So you just you just couldn't afford it. So now you got a record. Court costs was the third most common booking charge in the county jail. I'm going to say that again. Court costs was the third most common booking charge in the county jail. People can't get out of debt. The court is predominantly in poor black communities. I spoke with people who kept getting arrested for failure to pay and would miss work and lose their jobs. I spoke to a man who couldn't retire because he had to make payments. The debt just keeps piling on. I already don't make enough. I get a speeding ticket like everybody else. You charge me this enormous amount to do this or I got to miss a day or I got to go to court to try to fight it. I go a day to go to court to try to fight it. I just missed a day of work. I can't afford the court fees. Now you're going to throw me in jail because I can't afford it. Right. So now I'm missing more work, which means I'll never be able to afford it. Uh, Y'all know why Eric Garner died? Because he sold a loose cigarette, a Lucy. It's a one. He sold one cigarette. He did. Being poor is a crime in a lot of places in our country. Why, though? Because it's a lot of money to be made and you could keep hitting that lick because we can never get out. Now, again, like I said before, there are obvious exceptions to this rule. I am a product of it. 
I am part of a swing family. My family was the one that in my lifetime, we went from hood to suburb. I, my parents went back to school. They was like three, four jobs between them. We all kicked in. I helped out. I had to pay some of the bills in our house. I had to pay. I paid part of the phone bill. I remember this one day my mother sat me down and we was kind of doing all right. She, she wrote down, I was mad about some basketball camp and she wrote down, uh, or she told me to write down, split this paper in half, write down this list of numbers on one side and this other list of numbers on the other side. And then she asked me what I noticed about these two lists. And I saw that one was $300, $300 less than the other one. She said, son, I make $300 less than I need every month. This is why you can't go to no damn basketball camp. You, you just, and we, we got out. You know what I'm saying? We weren't living above our means. We were living as best as we could. But you get locked in these things, things like predatory loans, like those payday loans and stuff like that, charging y'all 79% interest. You lock people in because it's a continual source of money. And if you ever get out of that, then guess what? Now I'm competing with these people in the job market. Now I'm competing with these people in the housing market, right? It's just... I. The, the system incentivizes just by the how the numbers work to keep the hood the hood. Now, there are a lot of people who in the black and brown community who have looked looked over to the Jewish community in the sense that like they keep their money within their own community. That money passes around the Jewish community, at least in California or at least in L.A. It dollars dollars circulate their community four and five and six and seven and eight times before it leaves their community. What do I mean by that? They they only use their own cleaners, their own car dealerships, their own schools, they their own lawyers, their own dentists, they own doctors. They go to a doctor that's from their hood, right? So the money stays in there and they were able to accumulate wealth. Now, that's because they made a conscious decision to do it. And how? Nigga, because they was facing the same shit from the Holocaust and all that. Nigga, they had to figure it out. They was like, we had to figure out what you do. So a lot of people in the black and brown community was like, yo, we need to do the same. Keep the money within our own. People like Jay-Z, people like uh, my dog uh, Chase Infinite over at Haram Coffee in Lamert Park. I was actually on Tavis Smiley's show for the Black Information Network, uh, which broadcasts on radio, broadcasts on Learn Park. It's like, well, we got to keep it in our community because if we don't, ain't nobody praying for us. Ain't nobody looking for us. You, if you don't own the land that your businesses is sitting on, then nigga, you just sharecropping. Like, follow me. Look, look, look. The new flex with music is to own your masters. You need to own these tracks. You need to own these albums. Because if not, nigga, you nothing but an ox. You just, it's just an auction block. We'll never get no better. All you doing, all they doing is making money off our work. We just stay where we are. Just keep inventing shit, but you stay there because nigga, you all own the land. It's sharecropping all over again. Man, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting real hotep on y'all today. Look, according to the survey of consumer finance data, the median black family has twenty-four thousand one hundred dollars in wealth. This is just twelve point seven percent of the hundred and eighty-nine thousand one hundred dollars in wealth owned by a typical white family. The median Latino family is thirty-six thousand fifty, owns just nineteen point one percent of the wealth of the median white family. Listen, we don't own the shit. We see all of our talent, all of our resources, all of our abilities leave our communities, right? You ask any black TikTok influencer, TikTok creative, they y'all making money off our dances. This continues to happen because the system incentivizes 
us to either play just as dirty or just stay where we are. So we, we come up with stuff like ghetto fabulous comes up with stuff like, you know what I'm saying? Which is an old phrase, but like how we flex. It's not like we don't know what we talking about. It's not like we not smart enough to do these things. It's not like we don't work hard. The meritocracy thing is a myth. You telling me, you telling me that tough as nails Latino man get up before all of us and mow five lawns before me and you have drank our first cup of coffee. You telling me he ain't working hard? You telling me that lady that 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 if you happen to come into a high rise building, you happen to be staying at some sort of hotel. You telling me that Latina lady up there cleaning every house. You telling me she ain't working hard? Come on, fam. It's more to it. It's more to it. What's the basis? What's our hope? Well, some people have some suggestions. Now, let me blow your mind right here. All this stuff is exacerbated and made even more clear by the COVID response, which is going to lead us into us talking about the global South, which apparently this show is getting real long. So it's going to have to be a part two. But follow me here. This is from inequality.org. It's about inequality. Uh, duh. Early vaccine data shows that racial groups most at risk of the virus are not receiving the most shots. According to the data from 23 states analyzed by the Kaiser Family Foundation, black infection and death rates are significantly higher than their vaccine rates. Louisiana has the widest gap with black death rates 26% points higher than black vaccination dates. The digital divide is one factor in the racial vaccine gap. Since the lack of internet access makes it more difficult to secure appointments, NPR found that in many areas, vaccine sites are located outside of black and Latina communities. Surveys also indicate higher rates of vaccine hesitancy among people of color due to a long history of racial medical mistreatment. But the hesitancy has declined as the vaccine has rolled out. Now, what are they talking about? They're talking about the Tuskegee experiment. I'm not even going to let y'all, I'm not even going to give y'all that. Y'all need to go look that up as to why black people is like, I ain't taking that shot. Now, let's get back to it. COVID-19 pandemic has forced many workers into remote and telework office telework as offices have closed around the country. But not everyone has the same ability to work from home. Most recent Bureau of Labor Statistics data on this are from 2017 through 18. These pre-pandemic figures indicate that only 19.7% of black and 16.2% of Latina people work in jobs in which they are able to telework compared to 29.9% of white and 37.0% of Asian workers. This gap combined with research documenting that black and Latina people now make up a disproportionate number of those jobs deemed essential explains why people of color have been exposed to a greater virus risk. What I'm trying to say is how interlocking systems work. When you put one thing in place, the rest of these dominoes fall into place. And I can't say that there's some big villain sitting around a board like, 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 you know, like a evil uh, uh, Avengers. But can I say, but I can say when you put the thing together, it just kind of feel on purpose because of how interlocking systems work. But that's critical race theory, so I'm not allowed to talk about that.
Now, also, according to inequality.org, some of these things kind of happen because of just hiring inequalities and hiring inequalities come from implicit bias. So according to inequality.org, racial discrimination in many forms, including education, hiring and pay practices, contribute to the persistent earning gaps as... Of the last quarter of 2020, the median white worker made 27% more than the typical black worker and 36% more than the median Latina worker, according to the BLS data. Uh, The COVID-19 pandemic, again, drastically raised unemployment in America, but that impact has not been felt across all racial groups. In December 2020, as the recovery of the summer months started to fade, unemployment rate was 9.9% for blacks and 9.3% for Latinos compared to 6.0% of whites and 5.9% of Asians. And these rates only count for those who are actively seeking work, leaving out those who've just given up on finding jobs. So to put it all together, you got a exiting and blocking out of nicer areas because of property value. Your property value drops, which means your property taxes are low, which means you now have failing schools. You couple this with the war on drugs and you couple it with over-policing, right? And then you couple it with densely populations and without the lack of opportunity because opportunity, because of implicit bias, which may have came all the way back to the founding of our country, makes us believe that people that are darker are just inferior. You put all that together and systemically allow for laws that undergird these racist views, you make a hood. And of course, I am not a determinist because I am again, the product of someone who is found a way out. I've said it in a song. Somehow the school to prison pipeline missed this. Now next week, I'm going to take this same motif and I'm going to show you what I mean by the global South. We used to call that the third world. But what COVID response has shown us is, oh, y'all treating this like a hood. It sure do seem on purpose. The politics. Y'all, this mug was recorded and edited by me, Propaganda, right here in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. Y'all can follow me at Prop Hip Hop on all the socials. You can follow the Hood Politics Pod itself at Hood Politics Pod, where we be trying to make takes on stuff that aren't really big enough for a whole episode, but definitely needs a little bit of clarity. This mug was scored, edited, mixed, and mastered by the one and only Headlights. Y'all go follow my dog, Matt Oswowski. I still don't know how to say his name. I'm glad he changed it to Headlights. Follow him on his socials at Headlights underscore music. Telling you here all these new other fly tracks this fool be making. And the theme music was done by the one and only Gold Tips, Gold Tips, DJ Sean P. Y'all remember every time you check in, if you understand the hood, you could understand politics. Shouts to iHeartMedia for making this happen.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.